Very much a manly video, isn't it? I love that video. And what I love the most about it is going to tie into my sermon today, I promise you. Because we're going to talk about success. But before I get started, I want everybody to give Jeremy a hand. I mean, who else can make it with pink pants? You know? I wish I had that. You know, that's the second time that Jeremy's been up here. And he's doing a great job, you know, and and we're so glad that he's here. But, you know, when we started Compass Church, God put on my heart to use people's potential, push people into things that they're not used to doing. You know, and that's part of getting up here, just like the band having a hiccup today. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay at Compass Church because, you know what, we we want to strive for excellence, but it's okay if we don't meet it every single time. It's okay because we're human. But I want to be able to push people because if we don't push them and give them an opportunity to make a mistake here or there, then they're never going to step into the perfect success that God has for them. Amen? And that brings me to what I'm going to talk about today, success. But really quick, before we get into that, you know I like to talk too much, so I'm going to talk just really quick. And I want to give a quick shout out to everybody about these, okay? And most of you know what this is, but if you're a visitor with us, you don't know what this is. This is the vision for Compass Church, and these are available on that table right there, right there next to the sound booth. And I want to encourage you to pick these up, all right? This has our vision in there. It has our mission statement, which, by the way, is right outside that door. If you look at the wall, there's our vision. And if you turn immediately around, the mission statement is on that wall. And you may be asking, well, Pastor, why is that so important? Listen, the success for anything, any business, any ministry or anything, is you have to have people on board and have to be a part of the vision of what you're trying to create. It's got to be as much a part of you as it is me. That's why I have you guys come up periodically and I do the little game where who knows the mission statement and you get a prize, okay? All right, Chad, we'll give him props. He was very close last week, very close. But listen... I want you to get this. If you're, if you're visiting with us, take it home. Pray over it, all right? Because, listen, God has called me to do things with this church, but I can't do it alone. So he's calling tools to come into this house. You're the tools that come into this house. You're the tools that we're going to do the things that God wants the Compass Church to do. All right? And listen, it's not about me. I can't do it alone. Think about it. One man can only do so much. So if you're visiting, take this home, and if you're looking for a church home, pray over it, understand what we're doing, and see how you may fit in. And if this is a place for you, we want to say welcome home. Amen? And listen, if you're already a member, I want you to get that memorized, okay? It's very important to get that memorized. I want you, I want you behind, uh, understanding what we're doing and being behind that, okay? So, let's talk about success, you know, the, the, I love this video, and the thing that I love the most about this video is the fire and the tenacity in these guys, all right? They are encouraged, all right? They're going out there ready to take on the world. Well, that's missing in a lot of our lives, okay? We become complacent. We become comfortable. We don't willing to push ourselves, to challenge ourselves. That's why I challenge you guys sometimes to step in and do things that you're not ordinarily comfortable doing. But I see your potential. God shows me your potential, and I know you can do it. You may need a little training. You may need a little guidance. That's okay. That's what we're here for. Amen? But success is ingrained in us. Okay? None of you got up this morning and said, well, I think I'm going to fail today. You know, you net, you didn't. You did not get up intending to fail at anything today, okay? Everybody has that desire. And one 
key, key thing that most people overlook is that success is God's idea. And you've got to realize that God wants to see you successful. All right? Everybody say, God wants me successful. That was weak, but okay, we'll settle for that. That's all right. <laughs> look, let's look at Joshua 1.8. It says, keep his book, meditate on it day and night so that we may be careful. You may be careful to do everything written in it. You will be prosperous and successful. All right, that's God's formula for success for you. All right, you need to realize that and you need to understand that. All right, he wants you successful. But listen, he wa- you are called to be an influence within your friends, within your family, within your workforce, all right, for the kingdom of God. And the more successful you are, the greater impact you're going to have on the kingdom of God, all right? Too many people now don't see themselves as successful, all right? Now, and stick with me on this, stick with me. It's interesting to see that success has everything to do with getting God's word into your heart and simply doing what it says, all right, that goes back to what I constantly talk about week after week after week. You've got to be reading your word. You know, I know you get, some of you guys get tired of hearing me say that. Pastor, why do you always hound us about reading our word? Listen, if you're going to be successful in life, there's three things you better get down pat. You better have your relationship with Christ. You better be reading the word of God. And you better have a prayer life, communicating with him. Those are three vital, vital things to you being su- su- successful in your life. Because listen, you've got potential. You were called and created for a purpose. God, and God had that purpose in mind when he created you. Amen? And don't let anybody tell you that it was God's will for you to be unsuccessful. You failed because God just wanted you to be unsuccessful. That's simply not true. If that was true, God wouldn't put the formula right there in his word for us to see. Amen? Now, God is the author of success. Okay? And he's the author of victory. We always say we want people of Compass Church walking in victory. That's where we want you to get to. All right? Walk in victory. What does that mean? In business or ministry, it doesn't matter. We want you successful. All right? We want you successful. And success is available for you. Okay? And a lot of it has to do with your attitude, which leads me back to the video. Their attitude is they're going out there and they're not accepting defeat. They may not win that game, but their attitude is they're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to overcome whatever obstacle the enemy puts before them. We're going to understand those obstacles are going to come. All right? But the right attitude, that attitude of tenacity, that attitude of fire, that attitude where I'm going to take it, I'm going to take control. You know, you may get beat back, but you come back at it. All right? You spend time in the Word of God and you pray and you understand God is on your side. He's got your back. And he's going to see you through it. But you've got to have that attitude that you're not going to quit. That you're not going to be defeated. Amen? And, and, you know, the thing that I hate is too many people, they see and hear stories of people's success. And it's encouraging. And we should share our success stories. We are to encourage others. You share them in love. You don't do it in an arrogant, bragging way. All right? Which is a lot of people do that. But people hear other stories in, about success, and it is encouraging to them, but you never see any success in their life. And why is that? It's because those people never make success who they are. Okay? It's got to be who you are. 
It's got to be a mindset. It's got to be who you see yourself. When you get up in the morning, you got to see yourself successful in that day. It becomes a mindset. You're constantly thinking on that. You're not accepting defeat. You're not thinking doubt and unbelief. Amen? Amen. Because, listen, you don't become a champion because you win the game. You don't. You win the game because you are a champion. You should put that on your mirror. It's very encouraging. And that spirit of victory, when that spirit of victory gets on you and it becomes a part of your very being, that spirit only sees success. Okay? Only sees success. Nothing too big, no mountain too high that you can't climb. Nothing is going to overcome that spirit. All right? You've got to have that fire and that hunger. All right? And you've got to be willing to go after it. Because it's, it's key, guys. We, we live in a time, a hard time, where the, where the kingdom of, of God is constantly, constantly, constantly in, in a battle for, for things of the world, all right? And these are times that, that are going to be tough, and, and it's going to get tougher. And, and you've got to develop this spirit and this attitude that, that you're going to fight. You know, we're called to be a part of this fight. And you're called to be a part of this team to advance the kingdom of God. But, you, you know, it, you have to make a choice. You have to choose to put on that armor and choose to go to battle and choose to take it on and choose to accept no defeat. All right? But no godly success is available to every believer. Okay? Everybody that accepts Christ and chooses Christ as their Lord and Savior, godly success is available. All right? I think about when, I, when my children were born. Each one of them, I took them and I held them in my arms. I prayed over them. I spoke life over them. Then Muff and I, we, we raised them up. And as we raised our children, we, we encouraged them. We told them, you can accomplish anything. You can do anything. We never talked anything down to them. We let them know, you, don't, you hold on to those God-given dreams. Through Christ, you can do everything. You don't push anything to the side. You go after it, and you keep that fire, and you keep that hunger. No matter what obstacle comes before you, you can overtake it with the power of God. Glory to God. He's on your side. He's got your back. But you see, I wanted the best for them. I wanted them to be successful. Okay? And it's the same with your heavenly father. It's the same with your heavenly father. You're a son and daughter. You're his son and daughter. And he wants nothing for the best for you. All right? He wants you to experience more than you've ever experienced already. Now I know somebody out there saying, well, pastor, I'm pretty successful. You know? Well, that's okay. He wants you more successful. Listen, the more successful you are in anything, the larger the impact you're going to have for the kingdom of God. And that's what we're all called to. Amen. But one key to being successful is you've got to learn to seize opportunities. All right? Seize opportunities. And I am so fortunate to have probably the greatest opportunity seizer in my family. And that's Michelle's dad. The man can sniff out an opportunity. I don't know how he does it. Nobody knows how he does it, but he can do it. I mean, three or four a day, and you're just like, what? How did that happen? How did that happen? And, you know, and the great thing is, is he has such a given heart. And you'll, you'll see at the end of the sermon how it all ties together. He has such a given heart. He's in the right place for God to put opportunities before him, and the opportunities come. And he's been a great success in his life because of that. And not just, 
this, this opportunity's come. It's that he won't let them pass. And he'll tell you, buddy, when they're there, you get them. You get them. You be prepared and you get them. You get them. And he's done it. He's done it all his life. Amen. So you've got to learn that opportunities are there and you've got to learn to seize them quick. Okay? And they're going to come. And it's interesting in this. They're going to come to every walk of life. We're all going to have opportunities. They're going to come. But the difference is you've got to learn to recognize when opportunities come from God. Because listen, opportunities can come and they can come from God or they can come from the world or they can come from Satan himself trying to deceive you. I'll tell you a story. I had a gentleman in, in Birmingham that he moved to Birmingham. He was a banker and he started attending a church and got very well involved and and later realized that God was calling him to be on staff at the church. And, and, and so he did and he went on staff at the church and worked and got really involved and and um, was there 13 years, and he was doing really well at his banking job. And finally, the bank calls him in the office, and they said, well, you know, we got an opportunity for you. And they, they wanted to make him chief financial officer. Man, that looked really great. He was like, yes, you know, this is what I've been shooting for. This is what I've been wanting. And, and so they laid it all out there. The money was great. His salary was going to double, and, and it just looked really good. And it got to the end of the the meeting, and they said, well, the only problem is, is we want you in Texas. Man, he sat back in his seat. Because, you know, he had, he had been a part of his church for a long time. He understood who he was in Christ. He understood his relationship with Jesus Christ. He communed with his heavenly father daily. He prayed. He taught. He understand how God was leading him, and God wasn't telling him anything about moving. God wasn't even hinting anything about moving his family from the church that God had called him to be a part of. So he was, he, was, he was not happy. He said, well, let me go home and think about it. So he went home, and he prayed about it. And it just so happened a few years earlier, he had started a business with another friend of his, just kind of helping him, small business, trying to help him get it off the ground. So he called his business partner and was sharing with him what's going on. And his business partner said, look, he said, that just clearly doesn't sound like it's from God. He said, look, you let the bank go. You come here and you work with me. He said, we'll... we'll, we'll We'll fight and we'll make this thing as bigger than anything you'll ever have at the bank. So now he's got two opportunities before. One comes with a check that's really nice and secure, but he's got to move his family out of what he feels like the will of God. Or he's got this opportunity over here that's full of who knows what. All right, no security, chance. All right, he just doesn't know. So ultimately he takes the job with his business partner. In faith, he prayed about it, and he knew it wasn't time for him to move his family away. Long story short, three years later, he made four times. He was making four times what he would, ever would have made at the bank. The business that they went into, he, the, the the windows of heaven opened and it prospered, and blessings were on it, and great things came out of it. But you see, he had to make a choice from two opportunities: one from what he felt like was. Not from God, because it was wanting to move his family out of the will of God. Come on, anything that don't line up with the word of God is not something you want to get a hold of, okay? So he didn't, all right? So, learn to recognize when an opportunity is from God and when it's not. Now, you're only going to do this by developing your relationship with Christ. If you don't have a relationship with your Heavenly Father, listen, you need to be working on that. You need to be working on it, okay? Now, opportunities for God, they are windows, all right? They're windows. 
are essentially the windows of heaven that God promises in his word. All right, you got that? So when God opens the windows of heaven, you hear people always say, well, God's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Well, what does that mean? All right, well, think about it like this. God opens the windows of heaven, right? And the blessing's there. But listen, God's not some, we don't live in a magic fairy tale world. God's not up there going to open the clouds and just pour out money to bless you. That's not how it works. He opens the clouds, essentially, or he opens the window, and he puts the opportunity there for your blessing, but you've got to be quick to act on it. Action is required. Okay, this is where people miss it. So many people sit back and they sit around and they're praying for God to do this, praying for God to provide this, praying for God to do this. And listen, when the opportunities come, they don't act on them. All right, learn to be quick to act. Amen. Look with me at Malachi 3.10. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of the heavens, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. All right, we see that if you're tithing, which is a tenth, God asks for a tenth. If you're tithing into your local storehouse, which is your church. Now understand, this is not a message to try to get money from you, okay? All right, I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is a message for you to put yourself in position to walk in success and to re- receive the blessings from God to understand how to obtain them. Remember, I'm here to teach you how to apply this word to your life so you can walk in the victory that God's called you to. Amen? So, God's going to open the windows of heaven for you. All right? And He's going to give you opportunities. All right? And when those opportunities are there, act on it. Act on it. So you got to ask, how do you open the windows of heaven? And that's a good question. How do you open the windows of heaven? All right? And if you study this out, and there's two things that open the windows of heaven on your life. And the first one is giving. Okay? Giving opens the windows of heaven. We just saw that in Malachi 3.10. All right? Giving. Put yourself in position to receive the blessing. Okay? God says he'll open the windows of heaven, and then when that happens, there's an opportunity for so much abundance to come, and it all starts with an act of tithing. It's a heart issue, okay? God doesn't want your money. It's, just, it's a simply, he asks for a small thing. It's an act of obedience, okay? Which in turn releases him to open the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing to you or to put that opportunity before you so you can act on it and step into and be successful into whatever that opportunity allows in your life. Amen? Now listen, unfortunately, there's an enemy out there that doesn't want you walking in the blessings of God. He doesn't want to, he doesn't. Listen, and his name's Satan. He doesn't want you receiving blessings from God at all. He wants to keep you kicked down. He wants to keep his head, his foot on your head. He, want, he doesn't want you pursuing the things of God. Because listen, if you're receiving the blessings from God and you're sowing into the kingdom for the advancement of God, of the kingdom, come on, you're defeating him. So if he can keep you convinced, otherwise, which he's going to do. And what is the number one way he does that? He brings thoughts. Okay? And we've talked about this before when I talked about the power in your thoughts. 
Thought, thoughts, be very careful about the thoughts. You can't control the thought for come, from coming, but you can control what happens with that thought once it comes there. And when that thought comes and it does not line up with the Word of God, you remove that thought immediately and don't start speaking on that thought. Amen? You need to control your thought life. All right? It's very important. But Satan brings those thoughts. What do thoughts bring? They bring confusion. Okay? Satan starts to tell you tithing doesn't work. You can't afford to tithe. I love this one. The church only wants your money. Well, listen, I don't want your money. The church doesn't want your money. Essentially, though, the laws of sowing and reaping, God would put in place for his kingdom of, to operate. That's a truth. That's a fact. All right? But listen, thoughts make you question God's word. So control your thought life, okay? And if you study this back, and if you look at the Garden of Eden, that's exactly what happened to Eve. Exactly what happened to Eve. All right, Satan spoke words to her that made her question God's word. Listen, we've got to train ourselves to be different. Okay? We need to train ourselves that any thought that disagrees or doesn't line up with the word of God is definitely not from God and you cast it out. But essentially, in order to do that, you've got to know what God's word is. If you don't understand his word, if you're not reading his word, if you don't understand the promises of him in his word, then you don't know whether that thought lines up at all. Amen? So there again, why do I constantly ask you, are you reading your Bible? All right? So, God promises in his word that when we tithe, he will open, out, open up the windows of heaven or put the opportunities there for you to give you the chance to, to act on the opportunities and step into the success that he has for you. Listen, that's a promise that's in his word. And you've got to learn to stand firm on that. Stand firm on it, knowing that God's going to do what he promised. All right? I think we all would agree that God will do what he promised he's going to do. Amen? He's not a liar. So, the second thing that will open the windows of heaven in your life is prayer. All right? It seems kind of obvious. Prayer. But look with me at Luke 3, verses 21 through 22. And that says, one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized, and he was praying the heavens open. And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. All right, Jesus was being baptized, okay? And God was demonstrating to everybody there, hey, this is my son. That's a great, and that's a very significant event, okay? But too often, we, we miss one very important point right here. All right, and it, it was a very significant event. But right here, Luke tells us right here in verse 21, it says that Jesus was praying. Okay, the windows of heaven opened and the Holy Spirit or the gift came down. Okay, but Jesus was praying. Praying will open the windows of heaven. It wasn't just the fact that Jesus was being baptized. It was the fact that Jesus was being baptized and praying. Okay, praying makes us sensitive to God. Okay, so that we can take advantage of opportunities when they are there. All right? And through prayer, and see, your prayer life is so important, guys. Through prayer, you get to a point where you're so used to communing with God, and you get so used to hearing His voice and follow his, understanding His leading. Now listen, don't get hung up on hearing an audible voice. Okay? That is dangerous. 
I've never heard God speak in an audible voice. What we're talking about there is that inward witness, that in, that unction on the inside of you that's so strong that won't go away. When you're at Starbucks and it's telling you, buy this man's coffee, buy this lady's coffee. You're at the grocery store and it's just in there. It's just like, buy this person's groceries. That's, that's that unction. It won't go away. That's his voice leading you and guiding you. That unction to go here. Think of it like your conscience. You know right from wrong. That's what we're talking about here. All right? So that unction to look, go here, that unction to pursue this, that's what we're talking about there. Now, when the windows of heaven are open and the blessings are come and the opportunities are there, there are three things that come. And the three things are abundance, vision, and opportunity. All right? Now, abundance, we already talked about that in Malachi 3.10. If you're tithing and you're sowing into the kingdom of God then you put yourself in a position for the windows of heaven to be open and opportunities to be before you, all right? So you can, op- so you can, you can take advantage of that. Now, vision's a little different. Now, look with me at Acts 10, 1 through 4. And that says, In, C- in Caesarea there lived a Roman officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked. The angel, and the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. And if you go on, read on through verse 8. It's interesting. You'll see here, God showed Cornelius what to do here. Okay? He He instructed him to send men to Joppa to find Peter. So what did he do? When the windows of heaven were open there, God gave him wisdom. God gave him vision and instruction for what he, could, what he needed to do. And he'll do the same for you if you're sensitive and you're looking for that. Okay? Amen? Very important. Very, very important. Now, opportunity is just a simple result of the window being open. We understand that? The window's open, and God places the opportunity there. The opportunity is there for you to act and exercise your faith, okay? That's where the blessing is. God's not up there printing money and going to just drop it down in your bank account. It doesn't work that way. He presents you with an opportunity to make the money, an opportunity to step into whatever is next in your life, all right? But the opportunity's there. You've got to learn to be quick to act on it, okay? All right, you got that? And when you recognize them, man, that's where that fire comes from. Go after it. Make it happen. Don't hold back. All right? Action is required to seize any opportunity. And so, people, so many people miss this. Guys, we see this so much in the, in the body of Christ today. They miss it because people can't... People, they think that God is just going to drop this magic cloud of... I don't know what, in their life, and it's going to fix their problems. But listen, God works within the realm of this world. And when he puts an opportunity there, it can either be an opportunity for you to make money to fix your problems. Come on. That's where the action comes in, is you've got to be willing to go after it, put a little work in it. Remember, I've talked about ever since we started the church. Your Christianity and your Christian walk is going to take a little work, but that's okay. That's okay. We've got to be willing to do a little work and to put a little effort in. It's all right. Amen. But so many people miss it because they can't see that God's leading is just a simple opportunity he put before them. 
They're looking for something magical to happen. The opportunity's there. You know, and they're just waiting on God to paint it on a wall or speak to them in an audible voice or whatever. But the opportunity's there, and so many people don't act. They don't act. You know, I, talk, I, I knew a, a gentleman one time, three times in his life. He, he, he's about 74 now. Three times in his life, he, God gave him ideas for inventions. And he just thought they were the craziest things. And all three times, somebody else took the idea within a few years after he had the idea and made millions with it. And that's his testimony for his life. He's like, man, if I would have just acted, God gave me, gave me the idea. I was praying for a way. He was praying. I remember hearing him tell his testimony. He was praying for an opportunity to, to get out of the rut that he was in. And God dropped these things on his heart. He didn't act. He didn't act. All right? Be quick to act. How is God leaving you? Okay? That's how God can get you in the right place at the right time. Amen? Action. Action. You got to, and you get, listen, you got to act and you got to have faith that your action is going to produce results. Okay? Go after it and stand in faith that you're going to see the results and walk in the victory. And that makes, <laughs> that makes me think of David and Goliath. All right? I mean, you talk about faith in action. Goodness gracious. You know, we need that aggressive faith in our life. Whatever happened to that? The faith, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you, when you had an attack on your family or attack in, in your business or, or whatever it was, you had the faith and the fire and the hunger. No, you wasn't going to put up with that. You went after it. You confronted the enemy. You prayed him. You rebuked him. You, 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 you leaned on your heavenly father. And glory to God, you went after it and you knocked him out. That don't mean you didn't take a few steps back and you had to fight back again. No, listen, but you went after it. That fire, we need that fire in our lives today. Guys, we're going into a hard, hard time in our world. Amen. We need that fire, that bulldog faith. What happened to it? You don't want it back. And you know, you know that's the kind of faith that's only going to come from communing with your Heavenly Father. You know, you've really got to be all into this thing and spending your time with Him. And, and it comes from knowing who you are in Christ. Understanding the covenant. Understanding that covenant. So many people don't even understand the covenant. And proving out God's Word in your life through faith. Amen? Just like David did. I mean, you think about when he was in the field. He's watching his sheep. What is he doing? He's communing with his Father. He's praying. He's worshiping Him. Huh? Come on, that's what we need to be doing. Now, everybody say position yourself. All right, it's very important that you position yourself in the right place. All right, for when the windows of heaven or the windows of opportunities are before you. All right, and we talked about seasons of life a few weeks ago. But when times of blessings come and increase come, and it's going to come at some point in your life, remember it's for a season, okay? You know, if you're in a blessing and you're in a season of blessing and it's just going on and on and on and on, well, I'm moving in with you, okay? Because it's for a season. And it's a season for you to reap your harvest. It is. And we should embrace it and be excited about it. Glory to God. And take full advantage of it. Use God's wisdom however He is instructing you to do whatever He is for you to do with your harvest, okay? But always remember, it's an opportunity to sow. Okay, so sowing seed. Now, in 2 Corinthians 9.10, you see that God provides the seed to the sower. All right, 
Now, seed to be sowing, that can be... And, and listen, it does... I'm, I'm talking about financial sowing. You can sow your, your talents. You can sow your gift. You can sow love. You know, I tell people all the time, if you're not getting the love that you feel like you need to get out of your family, maybe you need to sow a little more love into them because what you sow, you will reap. Amen? Listen, the spiritual laws of sowing and reaping, God set in place for His kingdom to operate. And they're there. They're always there and they're always operating. Amen? Well, when you're in a season of blessing, always remember it's an opportunity to sow. Look at Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reap what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. All right, seed time harvest. The law is right there. What you reap, you sow. They're always, and, and you know, and it starts with tithing. And you know, there's always the controversy is tithing, giving, and it is giving. Tithing is the 10% that God asks for. All right? Giving, essentially, is the offering above that 10%. All right? And tithing is such a blessing. You know, you think about it like this. When you bring your tithes into the storehouse or your local church, do you realize that's an opportunity God has put before you to act? It is. Just like what we're talking about. That's an opportunity God put before you to act on it. All right? And it's an opportunity that will set things in motion... And the windows of heaven to open down, to bring down abundance, overflow, blessings, opportunities for you to act on, to step into the successful things that God is calling you to do in life. Amen. Tithing, it starts right there. It puts you in a position for blessing. It's that simple. But now listen, all this is fun. Everybody wants the windows of heaven open their their life. They want God to open doors and put blessings for them to be successful. They want business ideas. They want ventures that they can go out and make a lot of money at and be successful. And that's great because everybody wants success. But listen, and I want you to really take this to heart. You've got to remember, Jesus is the door. All right? He's the way to everything that God has for us. Everything. So, You need to make sure, are you pursuing Him? Are you really pursuing Him? Just ask yourself that. You know, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just, you you really got to take this to heart and understand it starts with your pursuit of Him. All right? He's standing outside your life right now. He's knocking on the door. All right? Think about back in, I don't even, it used to, you could get a hotel that had two rooms and you could book both rooms and it had a door in between. Well, if they didn't, you didn't book one, you could open one door where there was still a door closed. It's because you didn't book both rooms and that door was locked. Well, you know what? When Jesus died on that cross, he died to redeem all of us. He opened his door. And it's open. It's open. It's never been closed. And the question is, have you opened your door? Amen. Think about it. You've got to pursue him. You've got to open that door. His is always open. Look in, in, Revelation 3.20, it says, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open the door, I'll come in. I'll hang out. We'll fellowship. We'll talk about the success stories of your life. 
We'll talk about where I want you to be. We'll talk about what I want you to do. We'll talk about the, the, the will of God for your life. We'll talk about the victory that you're going to walk in. We'll talk about the family members that you've buried in the ground. He will commune with you. He'll come in there. He'll be with you. Amen. But you've got to open that door. You've got to open the door. He can't come in without an invitation. John 10, 9 says, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He's the door. He's the door. If He says, if you open your door and pursue me, all I have is yours. That's what he's telling. All right? That's what it starts right there. Now, I know a lot of, most of us are family in here. But if there's anybody in this house today, let's go ahead and bow our heads. If there's anybody here, Father, we thank you for this. Thank you for everything, Father. Glory to God. Thank you for everything that you've done in this church. And Father, thank you for every person here that came to hear your word. And Father, I pray that they understand the importance of who they are in Christ. I pray that they see their value. Father, they were so valuable that you sent your one and only son to die for each one of us. Glory to God, Father. Oh, I can't imagine. Praise you, Father. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Oh, we're so valuable. So, so valuable. And Father, I pray that everybody here sees that value in their self and they understand that you want them to be successful. You want them to have successful careers. You want them to have successful businesses. Listen, Father, I pray that they take to heart that you've put in place weapons to fight off any obstructions that the devil can put before them to keep them from walking into the success that you have for their life. And I pray they understand it. They take it to the heart. And not just understand it, that they learn how to apply it to their life, Lord. Because you, you want the best for them. You want the best for all of us. You want us successful so we can ultimately go out and reach the ones in our city, in our schools, at our jobs, in the world, Father. Glory to God. Praise you, praise you. Father, I pray that they get this. They get this. They see how value, see their value. So value. And Father, if there's anybody in this house that's not pursuing you, that's not pursuing you, I'm not talking about just about accepting them, you as their Lord and Savior. I'm talking about anybody that maybe you've accepted Christ and you're not fully, fully pursuing you, pursuing God. You know if you're not pursuing Him fully or not. If that's you, I want you just to turn from that today and seek your Heavenly Father. Seek your Heavenly Father. Turn to Him. Listen, His door's open. He's waiting on you to open yours. He's waiting on you to open yours and I pray that you will. Pursue Him. Go after Him. He's standing there with His arms open now waiting on you. But Father, if there's anybody in this house that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, glory to God, this is what it's all about. If there's anybody, I just ask that all heads bowed and every eye closed, just raise one hand, one hand to heaven. I'm not, I'm not going to call you down front, but I do want to pray with you. If there's anybody in the house that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, just raise your hand. Praise you, Father.